right, welcome back to another episode of Rip Through a Podcast. It is episode 19. That means it is 19 weeks into the season. Welcome, Sean Tobin. Uh, welcome, Mitchie. Good to be here, mate. Thanks for driving up again. We're going to go down Always. the Gold Coast, but we bailed on that because we've got a pretty big episode coming up post this one. This one's going to be good, but um, we're getting the big dog Harris Andrews on the next episode for um, 22 under 22, the AFLPA Best 22 players under the age of 22. So we're going to go through that with him, which will be fairly fairly fun. He's been wanting to come on for a while now. so I'm surprised he accepted our invitation, given the fact that you pumped up so recently that you guys do so well without him. Uh, team, so. It's just a fact, though. Like, you can't, you can't muck around with the facts. What am I going to do? Just lie to his face? No. But, um, no, he's been hounding me for a long time about getting on this show, and uh, he's time to shine. So I said, you better come through with the goods, otherwise um, I'll be very flat with you. So... We've got a bit of that coming up soon, so stay tuned for that one. Yeah, one of, hasn't he had a good year? He has. We, yeah. I reckon he's he's definitely going to be in that 22, under 22. I thought he was like 24, so mm. that goes to show his maturity. But he's, um, I reckon he's a luck for all Australian, to be honest. He to has be. been killing it down yeah. back, and he's invaluable for us, even though we win without him. That yeah. just goes to show about our depth in the back line. 100%. And we saw social media lit up on, uh, what was it, Sunday? No, Saturday, you guys played? <laughs> Saturday, yep, Saturday, Avo. I think, I think, Eric Hipwood could have kicked 10 goals and all people wanted to talk about was your final tackle in the last <laughs> the last five minutes there or two minutes. I can't even remember what it was. but If Eric Hipwood uh, kicked 10 goals, no one would give a shit about that tackle, let's be honest. <laughs> not in Tassie. Not, not, not in Tassie. Back. Not in front of the friends and family. <laughs> no, it was, um, it was obviously a very good game for us to go down there, um, beat them at their home ground. Um, I think they've won the last five out of six games. Then they've only lost one and it was against us um, last year. So... They're pretty hard to beat down there, but um, we had a we've had a, a since Fagus has come across, we've had three of our training camps in Tassie, two up at Launceston and one in Hobart. So we trained extensively at the Utah Stadium, so we we're not really that f- afraid of that ground and what opposes us there. So we weren't going to the game thinking there's going to be you know impossible feat to try and get over the Hawks down there. So I think that's probably the advantage we had over other teams when we when we travelled down to Tassie. So. I loved it. I had friends and family come up. Um, it was awesome. I got yeah. about 10 tickets for them. and um, You would have needed a bay, I would have thought. Yeah, well, awesome. everyone was hitting me up, but I was like, oh, you got to pay. you got to pay yeah. for tickets. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, don't be cheapy. Yeah. But um, no, it was, it was awesome. I stayed down Saturday night, had a couple of beers with um, mum and dad after the game, um, and then Sunday caught up with friends and family, and then jetted back to sunny Brisbane. So it was actually uh, – we went for a team walk Saturday morning. It was 9 a.m. and it was set on the phone two degrees. feels like minus one. Yeah, so the boys are a bit cold. And um, Charlie Cameron lost the odds game and he had, to <laughs> he had to put his feet in one of the ponds there, in the in the oh. man-made pond. So that was pretty funny. So. Oh, so how is it – I mean, we always talk about that footy such a family game. And I reckon, obviously, for your family, it would have been really difficult up in Brisbane the last few years, you know, the challenges that you guys have faced. But I would have thought from, from mum and dad's perspective – it would have been really tough for them as well, yeah. seeing obviously the situation that you've been in the last five years. So what was it like, I suppose, to be able to see them after a game uh, in, in a winning environment? Yeah. But then also, you know, the first time that you guys are probably caught up, given the year that you guys are having, I mean, yeah. it must be a massive get for them too. Well, mum's flown up a couple of times to Brisbane to give us a chop out every now and then with the kids. But other than that, I haven't. dad hasn't been to one of the games this year. He's been working around the clock. Um, he keeps telling me he's going to retire every year so he can spend more time watching the footy. But... I signed a two-year deal, so it gives him a little bit more time to um, prolong that. But it was really cool. Like last year when I went down to Tassie, my nan came up and came from Hobart to Lonnie to watch me play, and that was the first time she's ever seen me play. So that was pretty cool. Um, but it is like we had, I think it was fifteen thousand people at the ground on Saturday. So that's really good in terms of like a Brisbane and the Hawthorne game. So 
it goes to show that there are fans that are still coming to the games and um, it just kind of pushes for that Tassie team one day. If you can fill those stadiums, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, mum and dad, they loved it. And my nieces and nephews and my sisters came up and watched me and stuff. So shout out to them. I know Jason's an avid listener. Um, my brother-in-law, he's a massive Hawks fan. So um, he was frothing over Hodgie at the end after the game. Um, oh, course, so yeah, he didn't get to see him last time, but no, nah, he loved it. But, uh, no, nah, it was really good. It was good to get a win and... Um, to keep that um, that role going. I think that's a fourth interstate game in a row with one, so it just goes to show we can win on the road and at home. Yeah, I think Fag said that of the last five weeks, you guys might have travelled four times. Yeah, or is yeah that we travelled three times. So we went, yeah, we've been a, we, so since the Colton game, we uh, flew to, where we go? We went to Sydney to play GWS, beat them, went to Adelaide to play Port Adelaide, beat them, and then we went down to uh, Tassie to play the Hawks. So uh, three, I think three out of four games was, was away. Yeah, does that... In itself, give you confidence knowing that not only can you guys win, but you can win on the road. I mean, that, that yeah. that's kind of when you know that you're a good team, aren't you? Yeah, it does. Um, we we really travel well together. Like, um, we we're getting we're getting a bit of criticism midway through the year because after we lost against Carlton, saying we can't travel. Um, we lost a couple games. We lost the Bulldogs by fifteen, and then we played this week up at our ground. But we lost to them by fifteen. We were in front in the last quarter. Lost to Fremantle by a point, and the Carlton game. I don't want to bring that up, but um. Lost to them by, I think, 14 or some points too. So we've, all the games we lost, bar Essendon, um, where I guess we're interstate games and that's probably that's probably why people think that. Yeah, now I know we made a handshake agreement that we weren't going to say the F word. <laughs> I, I know we made this agreement well, a few weeks facts ago. Well, I think it's facts now. That's, that's oh, a, baby, we're talking about it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. It's, it, the only other one that we're looking at now is TF, which may be a, a top four finish. But oh, we're not okay. saying no, that. No, that's, 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 that's well and truly That's a the, big swear word. That's, that's, we're, not, we're not going anywhere near no, that. But no. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for you guys. And um, it, it's funny. I think people are now really starting to take notice of, of obviously what you guys are doing. Yeah. And as I said, I'm a neutral supporter now. Yeah. Kind of, I kind surely of, you got to go for I, us. I kind of, uh, I kind of sit back and obviously don't like to say that I have a particular team, but uh, it's good to see that you guys are actually starting to build some confidence within yourselves, but then also the respect of the competition. I think people are actually now genuinely seeing Brisbane as a threat. Yeah. I think from day dot, since Faze got here, we kind of wanted to build the respect back within the footy community from other teams. Um, we still get glimpses of when they when you see that uh, they still think of the Brisbane of old. Um, but that's good for us. Like, if we start talking about finals, people are going to be like, "Oh, you know, they're getting ahead of themselves now. Like, they've they've made it. They're going to let up this week against the Bulldogs." We're not thinking about that at all. We're thinking about Western Bulldogs this week. And I'm playing a straight bat, but that's just literally how how we're we're taking our mindset. Um, we haven't changed. We're not going to change it at all because it's been working for us. So we're honestly all about the process um, at the moment. And once we get there, yeah, it would be fun. We can start talking about it. But literally, we've got four games left. And if you start thinking about anything past the game that's coming up, um, Bulldogs are playing some really good footy at the moment. So we don't want to go thinking about, oh, you know, let's stay healthy. Let's not get injured. I don't go hard. Like, that's not us at all. So yeah. we've never thought about that. And, yeah, cool, we're going to make finals. But it means nothing if we don't finish off the season and keep our form going. So um, if you talk, start talking about top four, top two, you start thinking about results. And that's not us. We, we're thinking about that process and what it gets us to – Winning more games, and if we win all games, <coughs> if we win, keep winning games, that that's going to look after itself. Yeah, well, so you got Bulldogs this week. We got Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Geelong up here. Three, yep. three home games, and we got Richmond down there. So the yep. fixture was just released yesterday. So we're playing Sunday, three twenty MCG. I think that's right. That's the Channel Seven game, I think. So that's yeah, going to yeah. be the, the that's, yeah. that could be. A t- I mean, that, I'm not, we're not saying the TF word. Yet, <laughs> you can say could, what you want to say. That could be a uh, that could be a really defining game. That last one. I, I'm, when I actually saw the the fixture get released, I, that was the game that. Stuck out for mine and yeah. uh, just for, for where that actually may shape um, the final eight. So uh, exciting times, mate. It is, it is. No, looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, we've got Bulldogs this week and they're, they're travelling really well. But 
Um, in terms of that, it's cool that a fixture was released, so we know know what um, time slots and stuff are in. But um, I can't wait. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let's jump straight into the uh, talking. What do we got? What do we got? We're gonna start with our our man Eddie, only because he was he was here like yeah, six weeks he was. ago. He was actually here. He's sitting to right us where you're sitting, Eddie Betts. One hundred percent. And I was to the my goat. Left. The goat, he, uh, the greatest small forward. Or I think you might have said that to him. Um, I say it to him all the time. Yeah, I uh, text him. Hey, greatest small forward of all time. Yeah, How you going, man? Yeah, what's going on? He, oh, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so I suppose going into to last week, we haven't spoken about this yeah. purposely because we wanted to wait until we okay, could actually okay. come and talk about this with the people. But I know the news of, of Eddie being dropped to the sample would have been something that you would have probably saw light up your Twitter feed straight away. Yeah, as a mate and as a you know, as a fan of the game, what did you what did you make of that? I actually, I could have done a breaking news story because he told me before it actually got released. So um, we're we're pretty close, and we have a tight knit group. And um, uh, as I mentioned, like in other podcasts, that it's like me, Aaron Joseph, Dennis Armfield, Jeffrey Yaz, and um, probably someone else I'm missing in that group chat. And he uh, because they were playing against Aaron Joseph that weekend, he kind of just threw it in there like, "Oh, uh, being dropped, get ready to, to to play against me, AJ." And that was. Aussies and banter going against each other there, but in all honesty, I was I was really shocked. Like I'd seen the media talking about oh, who needs a rest from the Adelaide squad, and they're always focusing on the the forward line that they weren't kicking big scores and stuff. But I don't know I, he took it really well. Like he's you know Eddie, like he's so upbeat and positive about everything. And he finds positives in little things that I wouldn't be able to, um, and that just goes to show in his Instagram story when he was like next to Tyson Stengel and he was talking to um, his caption was like. Obviously, I'm very upset that I got dropped, but it gives this guy a chance of you know his career. So that's his mentality, and good on him because I, I would have been pissed off about it because that's just the way that I would have been. Um, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't want to get dropped. He wants to play AFL because on the podcast when we interviewed him, he was saying that he had like two to three more years in him. So yeah, he said it right here. Like, he said it right here yeah. on this very podcast. So I don't know. It's 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 tough to see that happen to him because. Um, when I've looked at the stats, and this is nothing against Adelaide Crows, the coaching staff, like match committee or whatever they're doing, because they're probably seeing stuff that I don't see behind closed doors. But in he's, he's top one or two in all the stats that us as players and coaches take very serious. So contested possession in the forward line, he was first for that. Uh, forward 50 ground balls, he was first for that. Goals, he was first for that. Goal assists, he was first for that. Uh, marks inside 50, he was second. Tackles inside 50, which... Everyone's been harping on that he doesn't have his agility. He's lost his speed and stuff. He's second for that in the team with 24, which is pretty good. Score involvements, he's second for that. And shots at goal, he's first for that. So you you see all the reports and stuff saying he doesn't have it. You know, he's, he, should, he, should he move on or this kind of stuff? I, I, I see him playing some of the best for his career. Yes, he's kicked 12 goals in two games and both against Gold Coast. And he might have missed on a few shots versus some top eight teams and stuff. But don't forget he's getting the best defender every time. Yeah. And we always give these young players, like for us, like Cam Rayner, we give him a little bit of latitude because he's a young player and he's kind of still coming through on his feet. But he does all these other things that, that Eddie's obviously doing and we stick with it. And then the kind of pressure goes off him. Then he plays his good footy, which he's doing right now. So I think it's because he's 32. Um, he's the oldest at the club. Like they're just looking for him as a scapegoat. Um, that's the media as well, not just... Um, not saying that's the club, but that's the media probably coming for him. But they play a big influence the media, and you've you've been. Yes, this is why you're on the podcast because that's your that's yeah, your side yeah. of this this um, debate. But yeah, I, I wasn't rap when I saw him dropped, and he, and good enough for him. He went back, kicked four goals on. Um, 
yeah, on yeah, AJ. Yeah, he yeah, played really well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too sure. I texted him. I said, you back in this week, man? He's like, I don't know yet. I think they do the match committee today yeah, okay. or tomorrow. So he doesn't know, but that's about it, yeah. Do you see – now, I suppose naturally what happens is, as you said, from the media landscape, a player like like Eddie gets dropped to, to the sample and then immediately the talk is – Where's he going next? Where's he going next? <laughs> or, or does he play on beyond this year? Yeah. I mean, it seems <coughs> seems pretty ridiculous from, I from, think from so. when we sit it here. But, but can you see him being – in Adelaide next year, or or, um, or playing the game, like where, where do you where do you see it? Because he, he was here too, like six I know, weeks ago. I know. And he was telling so much he loves it, and he still does love Adelaide. Like, um, I'm pretty close to him, so I do speak to him a little bit. But um, he wants to finish out his contract, no doubt. Like you want to, it's a, it's a pride thing finishing your contract out. And now you're seeing in the media like, oh, the Blues should pick him up for fairy tale fairy tale ending. I saw and that. Like, oh, so. Um, the only reason I'd see him go back to to the Blues if it was a, a long term deal or if Teague got made head coach because obviously they're, they're very close um, and he was at Adelaide coaching with Eddie as a forward line coach so so they are close yeah they're, they're pretty close yeah. so that's probably the only way I'd see him going back there is if um, Teague was head coach but um, I don't know I I would love to see him finish his contract because they're they're a really good team Adelaide they just got to um, find their mojo and get that back once they get a couple wins again uh, they'll be they'll be they're still in finals they're eight, they're eighth place on the ladder so yeah. Couple more wins to finish off the year, and you never know. Anyone can win on the day, especially in coming in the finals. So, obviously, that's just the media that's um, talking heavily about that, and they're going for Don Pike too. It's a it's a it's a circus yeah. at the moment with these coaches' roles. Like, if you lose a game as a coach, you're pretty much on the chopping block now. So, I've been trying to find anything to talk about. It's just coaches, coaches, coaches. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, we went through the list yesterday, and every single coach um, in the West, you know, in West Australia yeah. and South Australia, and obviously around the game is, is starting to. To sort of feel that pressure, and oh, I think it's it's funny though. Someone like John Walswold who was feeling it for so much of the year. Now the pressure's off him. Now the pressure's off him. Yeah. So you know it can change so quickly. Do you think um, it's media driven, or uh, it's results based driven? Like I, I think each, I think each case is different. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is from where I'm sitting, it looks like WA is just trying to run Ross out of town. That's what um, it looks like it from this point of view. Yeah, like and 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 that looks very different to the situations that we've seen with other coaches this year. I just, um, I just hope they take their um, they actually look into why they're losing. Like they see obviously Freo was like top eight for I don't know three quarters of this year so far, yeah. and I'm gonna lost the last probably four or five games, and all of a sudden like they've got injuries. Um, Hogan's gone out for the rest of the year. And immediately they're like, oh, Ross is gone. He's, he's already checked out. He's going mm. to a Melbourne club. Like, I hope they understand what the effects they're having and they're going for those coaches. Like, they're trying to get the first in, trying to get the news, the, the clickbait stuff. But yeah, oh, it just annoys me sometimes that, they, that how much say they have in, in especially coaching roles. Like, oh, I would be stressed being a coach this year. Yeah, it's it, it, seems, um, it seems quite bizarre when you actually look it at does. it. In, in, I've in never seen three coaches. Has it been three this year? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you see someone like Brad Scott, he's not being spoken about. Like the caretaker coaches could essentially possibly get those jobs. Get those jobs. Um, and it looks like Reece Shaw's probably. Yeah. Well, lost in. If you're going off the reports and stuff, apparently it's been locked in. Um, Reece Shaw going to staying in North Melbourne. Well, he's done great. They've all done really well. That's probably yeah. why everyone's a bit shocked with that as well. Rats has got two wins and they've both been 100 points, uh, kicked 100 points. So that's, I haven't done that in a whole year. So um, good for Rats and good for those sweet Teague and Reece Shaw as well. They're all doing really good jobs. Um, it could just be that honeymoon period, you know, and then yeah. and you don't know what's going to happen. So they'll do their due diligence and they'll obviously have their committee and look at all that stuff. But, yeah. geez, I can't wait for trade period. We'll be able to do our best work around there, won't we? Oh, 100%. Now, I've got I've got an opinion here, but I want to know your thoughts. Okay. Uh, is three years, like, because we know that when the coaches are announced, it's always a, more often than not, it's a three-year Yeah, deal. two to three-year deal. Do you think that's 
long enough for a coach to be able to actually come in, impart their imprint on the football club and also build together a game plan and a strategy Well, for I'll, long-term success? Yeah, I'll just go off my personal experience. So I was with Rats for four years, um, played three finals, but he was obviously already in that tenure for oh, maybe one or two years beforehand. So he had a, he had a good run. Um, Malthouse was two, that didn't work out. Um, I got up here for a year after Leper got the job and that didn't last very long either. Um, but s- since Fags come in, this is his third year into it and he's seeing results already. So it all depends on what list you get put into as well. Um, mm. And obviously Stuart Jew would be feeling the pressure. Um, he's, this is his first year and um, I, I guess they aren't where they thought they would have been after the first half of the season. They were killing it. Um, you know, they are winning games all, like left, right and centre. So I think... Three years is enough. Depends what kind of list you got though. Like that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. So we had a we had a um, we had a really big gap in our list. We had um, really young and then really old. So there's no in between. So obviously our recruiting department's gone out and got those me, me, uh, middle aged players in Lincoln McCarthy, Charlie Cameron, Lockie Neal, um, Marcus Adams. They're all in that middle aged bracket. So I've really brought our demographic into a closer age, and um, we have that balance now. So. It just honestly means you just got to have good recruiters as well, good recruiters, yeah. list management. But that's but you're you're at the mercy of your recruiters, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I don't know how much influence these coaches have on their list. So yeah. they come in. I think Colton had forty oh, something players turnover in a few years, um, which yeah. is huge. That's like a whole new list. Um, and now they're starting to see results in the back half of this year. So it's you just think is it just them getting more experience under the, under their belts and stuff during the year? Should they have obviously Teague's doing a great job. Was it going to happen regardless? You don't know. Yeah. So I, don't, I think I think three years. Yeah, that's um that's long enough to see how you're going to go. Yeah, I, I'm see I'm different here. You want I, sh- you want longer? I think I think there I think there's the no re- patience with this stuff though. Rebuilds yeah. they want the ne- rebuilds they want to go under the radar like Ge- yeah. Geelong, Hawthorne, all these teams like they've always been the finals. That they, they've always gone. They probably had their little rebuilds. We just don't yeah. see it. I, I, you know I, I mean? would I would argue though that Brendan Bolton had more time up his sleeve. For the basis that he was not a contract, yeah. Basis. Did he? Did he? I think he signed short deals though. I think off the bat he had like a two-year well, deal or something. Like that. My, my understanding was he was just employed as a full-time coach, yeah. permanent full-time. Yeah. So you, you just you just employed as the coach with no actual year-by-year basis. It's just you're a full-time staff member. Oh, really? Oh, well, th- that was my understanding. Yeah, I think okay. I think I think that was how the deal was initially set up. Now that may have changed, but see, I don't mind that. Like, if you come in and you're you're just you're going to be our coach. There's no year by year basis. Yeah. Immediately, there's no pressure because there's no timeline on what you're actually. Yeah, but to that achieve. also goes. You see, you're for that or against that. I'm for that. 100% I, I could be against that. that because you don't understand how long you've got to do your job. Like, you don't know what parts you need to fix up. Like, do you have three years to be able to get these lists in? You can't look at future players because you might only be doing it for a year. Like he was a caretaker coach type thing. Yeah, I think, and it kind of gone against him because what was. Like he was there. They they said the word rebuild. Like a lot of mm. clubs don't say they're going through a rebuild. They're trying yeah. to say you know, it was a reset. That one was a it? reset or something. Yeah. So you don't you don't know how long you've got in your caper and how long you're going to be doing it for. So yeah. um, in terms of that, I'd rather have a set fixed contract. That you know, look, I've got three years. You need these results. When do you want them by? Yeah. Can I look at players who add a contract next year, year after? Then by last year, if you're not getting your wins, you that's your fault. Yeah, I, I just I just think that everyone needs to be in perfect alignment. Like the yeah. the, the recruiters aren't on. From my understanding, the recruiters aren't on year-by-year contracts. It's just, no. you know, you're employed as a full-time staff member. And I think that's why 
they're able to go out and, and perform their roles. You don't see them. You don't see them cop as much as coaches though. No one. No. No way. If like you got a bad list, it's not like um, oh, who's that recruiter's not doing well? Like yeah. you just see them slowly. Just they'll just switch over. Like they get a new mm. one in, and the other one leaves. You don't really see like someone getting sacked as a list recruiter because they've done a terrible job. Yeah, I, I just think the game has never been as hard, and people. I don't think people understand how difficult it is to play finals, let alone win yeah. a premiership. Like, it's just, it's difficult. And I would argue, though, that someone like Chris Fagan comes around every 20 years. Like Chris I, Fagan, like, of course, is my podcast and it's, yeah. he's my coach. Like, and we don't get told to, like, obviously, pub all the time, but it's an unwritten rule that you can ask questions about your coach, regardless of how you're going, good or bad. Like, you see, Coaches have been sacked this year. They'll still pump him up before the mm. sacking. Like, the week, like, how's your coach going to go? And you're like, oh, you know, he's great. Love what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, we should take onus on the players. Totally like, invested. Yeah, yeah. you're totally invested. Like, we see him long-term. You say that regardless. Fagan's actually a genuinely good coach. Mm. X's and O's, we've got some good people around him to help him with that stuff. Like, he delegates really well. Um, and we have a lot of feedback sessions during the year that uh, help both sides, like players and coaches. So, he gets his feedback. So, he knows what his weaknesses and strengths are. But... Um, him coming in, he can, like I've talked about it last week, he can like generally communicate with all the players on the list and that's that goes so um, unnoticed of that, that trait and that's why a lot of coaches these days are getting those teaching backgrounds. Like they, they usually come in from another, from another um, business or they've come from schooling background. Like they yeah. have that communication levels. If you get all the players on board, it's regardless. Yeah. And um, shout out to Tim and Gary for saying I'm not listening, but I do listen. I'm not a bad listener. So thanks for that, guys. Yeah, we saw we saw we saw some heat get copped our way last <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, um, well, your way it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't you did. Yeah, me. didn't you go on the radar? I, I was, was copping it. I was uh, I was quite happy just to be on the sidelines. <laughs> Everyone was saying rip through. I don't, I don't know what that is. Rip what through. You, I don't know. You, I'm exclusive inside. What are you talking about, Excuse mate? Excuse me. <laughs> so, Alan Dyke, where did he come from? Too, by the way, I haven't oh. seen him since he retired. And then he popped up. He popped up. He popped up, mate. They all came up. It's it like those alligators, um, you know, in time zones. Like, ow, yeah, ow. Yeah. It's like where the where the fuck are these guys been? One hundred percent. I thought. I thought lucky you did that tackle otherwise <laughs> we, we may uh, we may not have eating my own words <laughs> funnily enough he was actually commentating the game the abc game um, oh, was he? Yeah. yeah so and not died like obviously Malthouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was um full of praise apparently so shout out Malthouse. yeah 100 uh so and last talking point before we go shana jack was obviously a, a massive um story over the weekend yeah, and, and yeah. Look, we're not going to delve into it um because it's it's way out of our grounds and um yeah, I suppose from that perspective, it's probably not something that I'm, I'm that keen to get into. But I am keen to ask you just about the actual testing arrangement within the AFL because yeah, I know you yeah. wanted to raise this about just the type of structure that you guys obviously yeah. have to go through. Yeah, well, obviously um, I saw a fair bit of that. And you got to think like how, how quickly that's happened for her. And then look at Sam Murray and he's – I think he's was – what, September last year maybe? Yeah. Some of that is still going. I think it's um, pretty full on that he still has to wait to see what happens with his case and stuff. So um, in terms of the way it happens for us, I thought it would be interesting for everyone to understand that I got tested probably like twice. I got tested last Thursday and I got tested yesterday. So it's obviously random at drug tests at the or, club. Yeah, at the club. So it's random drug testing. So I came off the track and literally Nicole, our um, admin lady, would just go, yep, Mitch, um, Asada's here. You'll be getting a test. I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. <coughs> Go down and you can't. They can't leave your site until obviously you've finished your stuff. So um, they'll grab you. Um, it'll be just like this, sitting around, arranging like this. Grab the box, open the box, check everything's sealed, not sealed, so they know nothing's contaminated. Yep. And um, then the the gentleman will follow you to the toilet, and he will <laughs> literally stand there and watch you do your business yeah, um, wow. into a cup. So some blokes struggle, really struggle with that. They they have to wait all day. So I've heard of stories about nearly being twenty four hours of someone doing a wee in front of someone. So it's pretty. 
it's pretty daunting, but it's like, it's my 11th year now, so I've had about 100 of these things, and it's all random, so you never know when it's going to happen. But the guy will watch you, then you go back in, he will you know, do all the samples, chuck it in the tubes, and then they'll uh, pack it up and send it off. So we get tested very regularly, so it's not one of those things that's like um, once a year type thing. So, yep. But I, I don't know, it's going to be very interesting to see, and hopefully the um, your Sam Murray thing can get done sooner than later. Yeah, oh, I think I think everyone's sort of hoping that the Sam Murray can could have Just for his up. mental psyche, man. Jeez, yeah. like let the blokes, like leave him hanging. No, absolutely. And, and there is testing um, game days? or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yep. that's what Sam Murray got done. He got done on game day. Yeah. So... Um, when we do, um, say if we have four days off, we have a where we have to put our whereabouts in, let them know where we're going because they can just knock on the door straight away and you got to do it. So, so a lot so of plays have been done first thing in the morning. Yeah, so open up about that. So a lot of people don't know about the whereabouts yeah. um, testing. So yeah. there's obviously a process that you have to follow with the club. Yeah, so any time that we leave the club in terms of um, like a four-day break or even over the weekend, if you're staying at someone's house for the weekend, you got to let our admin know that we're staying there. So they start to know at all times where we are. Um, I got fined a couple of years ago because I went to Melbourne for 24 hours to to the Margaret Footy Show, and I didn't tell, I didn't put in my whereabouts saying that I was staying in the Melbourne hotel. Um, I got fined a couple of grand for that. So sometimes um, it goes your way, and they 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 found out because they they went on my or they saw my Instagram. So oh, they got their they got their people out there rookie. watching a lot of yeah exactly my bad. They got a lot of people out there watching um, your social media channels and stuff. So we have to input data all the time to let them know where we are because they can randomly drug test you wherever, even even off season. So. Yeah. You go overseas, you're staying at a different hotel, you've got to put it into your, into your um, application and making sure that everyone's across where you are. So it's pretty full on, but a little bit of, um, I guess, you don't really get to um, live the private life because someone knows where you are all the times. But um, it's one of those things that as a player, we want everyone to be clean in this game. So I've got nothing against that. 100%. I think that's us. All that's done. us. We've got Harris Andrews coming in. Um, looking forward to his chat. He's been on my back for a good 19 weeks since I started this podcast. He's been wanting to get on. I've been saying you got to do something special in the game, get like a recorded like spoils or instant marks, and he keeps saying he's done that, so I don't know. I have to double-check with him, but looking forward to that. Thank you, Sean Time, for coming up this episode. It's episode 19 brought to you by Shua Audio. They've uh, hooked us up with these fantastic mics. you got one too. Welcome. Headphones. Welcome to the family. Giveaways soon, so looking forward to that. Um, peace out. Mitch Robinson, thanks for coming up, Sean. Boom.